Is the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to our guy Tanner Mangum, the former BYU quarterback, uh, here momentarily. Got a bunch of stuff to t- uh, talk to him about. He actually did a, an interview with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. for uh, works for Jumpman, right? And uh, Jordan Brand, yeah. Jordan Brand, Jumpman. What is it? What's the official term? I think it's Jordan Brand. Jordan but, Brand? Yeah. Well, uh, anyway... Uh, did the interview in Spanish, apparently, which is pretty cool. Uh, so we'll talk to him about that. But also, of course, uh, BYU uh, will run this uh, Notre Dame scheduling thing by him and uh, the name, image, and likeness situation as well. Yeah, all good. What? No, it's all good. Give me a weird look. No, and one-word no. answers. Did I offend you during the break? <laughs> no, not at all. I had one of those ranting and raving breaks. I didn't know if I, you no, know, No, no, and I agreed with everything you said, so. Sometimes you just need to rant during the break. Just You, <laughs> you just need to take a few minutes. I just rant. Do you, just do you recommend that for everybody in all walks of life? Oh, yeah. yeah every once in a while. You just, even if it's to yourself, you know. You just got to rant. Just, just and and it, you just, feel better? You feel better afterward? <laughs> I don't know if I feel better. Feel something. <laughs> you, you, don't, you don't know if you feel better now than you did before you did that? Not really, but I have a newborn. So, I mean, I'm going to be, be tired and cranky all the time. And don't you know it? I felt, you know I what? I, know I thought about that on my, on my way home yesterday, actually. <laughs> like, poor Gordon really does kind of bear the brunt of me just, you know, letting it out. <laughs> well, that's what you're paid to do. That's your, one of your charms. All right, uh, it's time uh, to talk a little BYU football and uh, perhaps some other things. Let's get out to the Smart Rain special guest line. Joining us now, former BYU quarterback and our good friend Tanner Mangum. What's up, Tanner? What's up, Jake? How you doing? Good, buddy. How's, uh, I guess, uh, can you still call it the off season when you're not a player? How's your between football season? You doing right? <laughs> How's your summer? You doing well? I know. It's, I'm, in that, uh, I'm in that weird adult life now where – um, yeah, there's no summer vacation. There's no off season. There's just it's just constant work. But but at the same time, it's good. I'm doing well. well. Um, yeah, I mean, well, Sydney hey, and I we have six weeks till the baby comes, so we're we're feeling excited. That's actually exactly what I was going to say. So I have a, a two and a half half month old right now, Tanner, and you, you're talking about being busy and all that's going on. Well, uh, things are going to get worse before they get better, buddy. Yeah, that's true. Congrats, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I'm a couple months ahead of you. But congrats to you guys. I, th- I think it's amazing on you your You guys are saying congrats but... to each other, but you're making it sound like it's pure misery. Well, I am miserable. Have I disguised that fact? I mean, I love my new one, but it's, you know. it's but it's, what? It's a thing. All right. It's a thing. Yeah, it's hard work. Yeah. But it's exactly all good. Right. I'll, I'll uh, call you for some tips. <laughs> don't, because I don't know. <laughs> that's the answer. I Tanner, no if you idea. start acting like Jake, there's going to be a problem. But uh, it, how long did it take you, Tanner, to get off, to get away from playing football and being on that schedule for darn near your whole life, or at least for many years? Uh, how long did it take you to get used to, quote-unquote, normal existence? 
No, it's honestly a good question. I would say a good year and a half. And I know that's it's, it's that way for a lot of people, um, especially those who, who play at the collegiate level, play at the professional level. Once you hang up the cleats, it's kind of hard to find your identity outside of the sport that you played your whole life because for a lot of people, that's, that's what got them out of bed every day. That's what they define themselves by. And, um, and so it, it can be challenging. But I think for me also, I made it a goal during college to really set myself up for life after football because I knew eventually it was going to happen one day. And I had seen a lot of examples, both good and bad, of both people who really set themselves up for life after football and then those who, who didn't. And, and I kind of learned from those examples and, and um, you know, made sure that I wasn't just defined by what I did on the football field. But at the same time, it's still hard. Uh, you, you miss the camaraderie. You miss being with the guys every day. You miss kind of having that structure and, and that, that really it's kind of like a, it's a goal that you have year-round. Like you're constantly working towards something. You're constantly building towards the season. You're trying to get better. You're trying to get in better shape. You're, you know, there's always something to keep you motivated. And so I kind of had – that was kind of a challenge. I had to find what's next. You know, what's, what's my next challenge? What, what's motivating me? Um, and so it took a little bit of time, but I feel like I'm in a, in a good spot now. So the funny thing about that is Gordon and I both worked with uh, two linemen right after their career was done. They jumped into radio. One, of course, being Hans Olsen, the other being uh, yeah, Kyle, yeah. Kyle Gunther, who played offensive line at the U. Yep. And, and both of them would just rough you up out of the blue. <laughs> like, I, I think they still had that, like, like you'd be walking along in the office and Hans would be like, bam, and pancake you. And you'd be <laughs> peeling yourself up off the floor and be like, oh, sorry, I, uh, I, I had a flashback to my NFL days there for a second. It's, yeah, it, it's a thing. It's in their system. <laughs> it's a thing. How about for you, Tanner, as far as working? You're still in the sports world, sort of. Uh, and did that uh, ease the transition a little? Yeah, it definitely did. And and that was something that, uh, you know, I think motivated me was I wanted to stay in the sports world uh, just because I, I love sports naturally. And so it, it – you know, it gives me an opportunity to be on the other side of things. And I think that's another thing that I learned while I was at BYU is that I enjoyed working with media. Um, you know, I enjoyed, you know, doing, you know, so shortly after I finished, I helped out with BYU TV, doing some analyst work there. Um, coming on this show has been fun. And and then currently what I do for work, it's, it's good to stay close to the game. And, but, you know, but there's still, you can't quite, replicate the feeling of being on a team anywhere else. I mean, you can, you can get close, but there's just nothing quite like it. Why don't you describe for our listeners what it is you do, Tanner? So I work for Jordan Brand. I work in uh, the communications department, which is uh, media relations, public relations, and uh, it's, it's pretty fun. So um, we'll be, we've, been in, we've been here in Salt Lake for the past little while, but we'll be heading back up to Portland uh, here in the next few weeks uh, as campus there at uh, Nike World Headquarters will be opening back up um, here in the, in the near future. So while we're, uh, we're talking about that, tell us about uh, interviewing Vlad Guerrero Jr. That was pretty cool. Yeah, it was fun. I had the opportunity to sit down with Vlad um, and interview him in, in Spanish, uh, which, which was pretty cool. He's from the Dominican Republic, and I served my church mission in Chile 
And so I was able to put my Spanish to good use and uh, talk to him about joining the Jordan brand and uh, to talk a little bit about his career. And it was, it was really cool. Great guy. And then really happy for him. To, he won the MVP last night in the All-Star game. Um, so pretty, pretty exciting. What, what did he say? What was the gist of uh, anything uh, that stands out to you? Oh no! I mean, just he talked a lot about a lot of his life, his family. Uh, he's a really family-oriented guy. Means a lot to him. I mean, obviously, his dad was a big part of his life. You know, he, he um, you know grew up watching him play in the major leagues, and um, so he learned a lot of lessons from him. Um, and he's you know he's I think he's a, he's a He's in a unique position because growing up the son of a Hall of Famer, there's a lot of pressure and a lot of expectations that people put on him. But uh, he was able to kind of channel that and uh, turn it into motivation. And uh, and he also just has a lot of fun. He plays the game with a lot of energy, a lot of enthusiasm, keeps things light. Um, but he just plays with uh, a lot of passion. And it's it's pretty cool to see him having such success at such a young age. Air.jordan.com, by the way, is where you can uh, grab that interview if you want to uh, give it a listen. It's in English and uh, Spanish. And, of course, Tanner, uh, I remember that you went to Chile on your mission because if you uh, watched the Nebraska game on ESPN, they they pretty much played it like you got off the plane that morning uh, back from your mission and then uh, suited up and, and hit that pass. You call the plays in Spanish? Uh, that That game... I was still in mission mode, honestly, and I, I watched that interview that I did with Todd McShay after the game, and I just laughed because I, I just, I just, um, I still kind of have a high pitched voice for my Spanish accent, and uh, I just, I, it still hadn't hit me that I was actually um, back in the states. It had only been a few months, so it was still settling in. So uh, there's a story in the trip today, Tanner, about uh, BYU. They're still trying to work with Notre Dame on getting the uh, game that they're owed. It's likely, more than likely, not going to be in Provo. There's talk about a neutral side, maybe Vegas. I guess my question for you is, um, did the, t- the do you think that game will ever be played? Or when you were playing, did you, did you ever care about that game or say, hey, we've got a Notre Dame game coming our way? To be honest, no. And I, I just feel like I kind of had to let go of can control because I think being independent schedules constantly shift. They're always changing. And so I never really cared that much whether it happened or not, but I think it would be great if it did, because I think it'd be a huge opportunity to compete against one of the top programs in the country. Uh, you know, year after year, Notre Dame is highly touted and highly ranked. Um, and I think it would be like the battle of the independence. And, you know, if, if BYU really wants to, um, you know, stake their claim as, as a top-tier program, any time you get a chance to compete against a program like that is, is a great opportunity. Granted, I, I, um, I know there's a lot that goes into it, um, so if it doesn't work out, I get it. But uh, I think it'd be, it'd be awesome if, we, if they could somehow pull it off. Uh, Jake is making fun of me, Tanner, because I've been saying that if Notre Dame signed that deal, two home games for them and one away game, road game, against BYU, they should live up to the terms of the deal. Isn't that what a contract is? It makes sense I to agree. me. I agree. I totally agree with you. My my point is I, I this is not uh, the 100-acre wood and that uh, <laughs> Notre Dame swings a big stick and yep. uh, they're going to do yeah, what they want to do. The, Totally, and that's what you know, I know. There's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes, and 
um, kind of politics that get involved, of what team wants to do what or what team thinks they have the upper hand. But I agree with you. I mean, I think if it's in the contract, abide by it. You know, and I, I don't think they have anything to lose. I think two home games compared to two home games with one road game is a win for them. So um, I think I think it would be a, a good matchup, and we'll see if it happens. You had a couple of big uh, road wins when you were playing at BYU. I'm curious to know, Tanner, which one stands out the most. The, the two that come to my mind, and maybe I'm forgetting one, but uh, Nebraska and the Wisconsin win. Uh, which one of those is nearer and dearer to your heart? Oh, they're both very different. You know, I think that Nebraska game, it's six years ago now, which is crazy, but I mean that, that was just such a – um, I think a monumental moment for me personally and as as a team to start off the season uh, in that fashion, especially after losing Taysom uh, to another injury. It was it was very um, just an emotional day all around, and so to be able to kick off the season that way was just pretty um, pretty memorable. But then the Wisconsin win was also pretty impactful in that 2018 year. Um, obviously we had just come off of a rough 2017 season and then we came off of a close loss at home um, to Cal and, you know, uh, there were just some doubts of, you know, what what the season was going to look like. And so to be able to go on the road uh, in Madison and get that win uh, was big. And they were ranked sixth at the time. Granted, they went on and went on to lose a couple more after that. Um, but you know, to go in and play the six-ranked team and, and come out with the W was was pretty fun, and um, both yeah, both memorable, both Big Ten teams, you know, that Big Ten passion, uh, that fan base, both loud stadiums, uh, both both a lot of fun to, to play in those games. Tanner, what do you think about the name, image, and likeness rules that are now here, or lack thereof, actually? Uh, I mean, it's it's a it's a game changer. I, I joke that you know, I would have been nice to have a few years prior I could have benefited from that uh, in some way shape or form uh, but I think it's about time you know I, I think that the uh, the tides are shifting uh, these these athletes work too hard and bring in too much revenue to their schools to not benefit from it in some way and uh, and so I think it's the, the opportunities are endless and I think right now there's really no precedence and so people are still figuring out how to make it work and uh, both players and companies and brands and schools are figuring out the best way to make to make it mutually beneficial. But I think there's absolutely a way to do it. There's there needs to be a place for it, and I'm uh, yeah, I'm jealous but happy for the uh, the the athletes across the country who are able to now um, you know be be fairly compensated for uh, the the work that they do, the skills that they have, and the, the platforms that they uh, that they are able to now leverage. So, Tanner, what do you, uh, in your imagination, what do you, what would you have seen yourself doing if you had the opportunity? Would you be slinging like used cars, or would you be, <laughs> would you be like uh, having, doing camps where you could get paid by uh, youngsters who would want to learn from you? Uh, what, 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 what do you think is, what do you think you would have done, and what do you think is the most common usage for this sort of thing? Well, like I said, the possibilities are endless. I think. You- for me personally, I would have found companies, brands that I align with personally, companies that that, uh, that I feel represent my values or you know, represent something that I would like to be a part of, 
and yeah, seeing if there's a way to to somehow collaborate, to somehow uh, work together. Also, um, you know, taking advantage of the opportunity now to to do private lessons, to do um, camps, uh, to do appearances. I mean, I I did so many of those, you know, public appearances, speaking engagements, but I couldn't get paid. You know, I was just doing it, you know, for goodwill, and I was happy to do it. But at the same time, I think it's it's only fair to be compensated for for the work that you put forth, and so yeah, any public appearance, um, you know, autograph signings, uh, being able to, uh, you know, work with BYU merch to to get compensated for any, you know, posters that are used of you or jerseys that are sold with your uh, with your name on it. You know, before it was just a number, you know, a lot of number twelve jerseys that were sold that you know maybe I could have benefited from back in the day, but. Um, you know, I, I think you kind of have to just figure out what works best for you. And I think every athlete will handle it differently. I, I've seen a lot of athletes who are donating a portion of their earnings to charities, which I think is awesome. Um, I, I definitely would have done a lot of that with mental health. Um, you know, I, I worked with a lot of different mental health organizations, and I would have loved to, um, you know, contribute some of those funds to those, to those groups. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see what happens. And uh, but I, I think the, the landscape is going to shift dramatically, I think, here in the next few years. All right. This is a delicate question, but I think and, and you, you two and Austin as well are probably more prepared to answer it than me. But I'm going to I'm going to throw it out there. All right. I know that you uh, BYU football players do a lot of firesides. Can you start shaking down the bishops? Can you do that? Can you do that? I'd be like, Bishop, I'd love to. You know, I'd really, I've got a real strong message I'd like to share. Uh, but uh, here's my guy. He's going to tell you my price. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see if we can work something out. That's that's pretty funny. Uh, I, I don't think you can do that. <laughs> I think there's a, there's a line that's drawn there where you really – I just think, okay, am I doing this for service or am I doing this for money? Um, you, you would, I think you would set a dangerous precedent if you started charging uh, <laughs> church leaders for, for church appearances. Although it uh, it actually works the other way. Usually guys are paying 10% the other way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah true. Well, Tanner, thank you for jumping on with us, buddy. Uh, we really appreciate it, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. No, thanks for having me. Good to, good to, always good to be here. Always good to have you. Thanks, Tanner. Tanner Mangum, uh, former BYU quarterback, uh, currently works for uh, the Jordan brand. And uh, it was a good day to have Tanner on. A number of different things we can we can dive into with him. So when you hear him talk about, uh, from, a, from an athlete's point of view, do you, I know how you feel about it, Jake, and I don't bring it up to argue or anything. I'm just wondering, does that sway you at all Does that when, when you hear a responsible uh, athlete talk about taking advantage of a few things to be able to to, to be compensated. Do, does that does that uh, alter your opinion at all? No. <laughs> you are such a yeah. You answered your own question though. I mean, he's coming at it from the player's point of view. That doesn't make it the right decision or the right outcome or the right thing to I, do. I didn't think That's it was, I, no, I, didn't, I didn't think it was going to change your mind. I just wondered if it softens you a little bit in that regard. No. No matter how hard he talked about how hard they work, what they do in the off season, how it controls their schedules and everything that they do, they're getting a little something extra that that nothing. It just doesn't even penetrate into that 
thick skull or that that callous heart of yours. Now, now, listen. My heart ached for the plight that Tanner Mangum was dealt at BYU. It did. I cried inside. <laughs> you cried inside. I mean, I don't know how he uh, made it through. It's tough, but he did it. Proud of him. But nothing extra on the side for the extra. What? Effort. What? I, I'm happy for him. I mean, he he was dealt a rough hand being the starting quarterback at BYU. That's tough. He does have a pretty sweet gig with Jumpman now. <laughs> yeah, but that's not because he was a quarterback. You don't think that had anything to do with it? That's an interesting question, actually. I'll bet you put that on your resume and that opens eyes at somewhere like Nike. Not saying he doesn't deserve the gig and not that he's not good at it, but yeah, probably you're a leg up on the guy in the in the waiting room who was the chess champion in high school. You know, I've never asked him that question. I wonder. Hey, good on call him. him back Ask up. him if he put it on his resume. Call, call, him, call him back up. See, see if he, <laughs> what he says to that. Ask him that question. He's too busy. I had to book this interview two weeks he ago. Is, He's so he busy. Is, he so. is busy. He's getting to be a big deal for us. I mean, you, you described Taking it. people's chairs. And... You described it aptly a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> the NCAA had, the, had their boot on Tanner's neck. <laughs> I, and he made it. Somehow, Jake is Gibraltar. You know, somehow he moving. made it. You are such a jerk sometimes. <laughs> Just an absolute. There's another word that fits better, but I won't. Oh, man, but I do appreciate Tanner coming on because we like uh, him very much. And his perspective is valuable. I mean, I'm laughing a little bit here, but yeah, I'm always going to listen to Tanner. You asked me if my opinion was swayed. It's Just, not. Jake, uh, well, why is it? What is it within you that makes you, you know— uh, make such assumptions holy. The okay, way you don't do. do to me what you did to John Stockton. You thought you were so clever. It fits and so you perfectly, can, though. You can call me names all you want. Doesn't make me any less right. Although that was better than MC Hamstring. <laughs> Much better. I got to agree with that. Not a little over the top. Little uh, uncouth. I thought so. To mock a man for his injury. For being hurt. <laughs> I didn't mock the man. I can't believe that one survived. So you meant it? (laughs) No, I'm saying the Jazz should re-sign him. That was the whole emphasis of the column. Re-sign who? Uh, (laughs) MC Hamstring. Uh Uh-huh. I rest my case, Your Honor. No, I'm with you, buddy. All right, stay tuned. (laughs) Thanks to Tanner Mangum for jumping on with us. We'll have more next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jerk, jerk, jerk. This is The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson, presented by Big O Tires, with the lowest price on every tire every day. With no credit needed, financing options available. Big O Tires, the team you trust.
The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you for making us part of your day. want to remind you about the top 60 and 60. Uh, it's back. Listen every day at 1.30 as Hanson Scotty announced another member of the top 60 players in the state of Utah as the countdown to the start of the college football season. It's top 60 and 60 presented by Cypress Credit Union and Icon only right here on The Zone. What are they down Sports to? Network. Ah, uh, they're in the 40s. 39. Okay. They had Samson Nakua. Oh, couple, excuse me. They did 37 today. 37 today. They had Samson Nakua a couple of days ago. And they uh, Hans was talking about how Samson was way too high. And I couldn't help but thinking this this illustrates exactly what how I feel about Utah wide receivers. This, when they're on Utah, the Utah hype machine tells us that they're the next uh, um, Andre Risen. And then the minute they're Bad off of Boone? Utah, everybody's like, oh, that guy sucks. God, I would have had him in the 50s. <laughs> okay. And they have, you know what, they have a good argument to make. Do you know that Samson hasn't ever had 200 yards receiving in a season? But yet every offseason we're told by whomever, like, oh, man, this is the year. Those Utah receivers, I tell you. Yeah, but oh, he's, what? he's never been the front line guy. It's just, but it's illustrating my point. I wonder where uh, his brother Puka will end up. Don't know. He hasn't been named yet, has he? He's uh, he's quite a talent. They say. Transfer from Washington. They say, but yet didn't make it at Washington. You say he didn't make it. He, you mean he didn't stay? Oh, I'm sorry. He woke up one day and said, "You know what? I feel differently about this place. I need to go somewhere else." Well, don't you, man? You are so, you are, Jake. Unbelievable. Two brothers, one from two, one each from a different school, decide to transfer to BYU for family reasons, and you think it's because they weren't seeing the ball enough, um, or they didn't make it. I'm people transfer I'm, for other reasons. I know, but you assume it's always the other reasons. No, I don't. Yes, you. No, do. I don't. I'm just and not I don't as mean cynical to, as you. I are. don't mean to pick on the Nakua brothers. Sounds like you are. No, I mean, it's transfers, just on both of them. you know, it's it's an issue with transfers. I didn't say I agreed with Hans. I said uh, that's what Hans uh, said. And then I say we we overrate the receivers when they're at Utah, and as soon as they're gone, then everybody's like, oh, yeah, that guy sucks. <laughs> Samson Nakua, Nakua in 2019-60, so the last time they did it, yeah, 28th. Now he's 39th. And, and they said he was too high. And they said he was too high. So people but, are just propping up those Ute receivers. But huh? here's the, here's what schools I think are going to have to deal with transfers. In all honesty, to, to salvage a, a productive conversation out of this, is there are players that are going to transfer. I would say the majority of players are going to transfer because they could not get the opportunity that they wanted at a school, if you want to put it nicely. That now, happens sometimes. I would say the majority. And schools are going to have to deal with that when it comes to evaluation. Because just because you were a five-star as an 18-year-old doesn't necessarily mean you were that good to begin with. Then you go and you have uh, it not work out at a program for whatever reason. You're not the number one guy or whatever. So you, coaches are now going to have to evaluate, okay, well, were we all just wrong about this when this player was initially recruited? Or is it another reason? Or is it that that coach just uh, had his head up his backside and didn't play him because he couldn't, you know, see the talent that was right in front of his face? See, I think that happens sometimes. But what would you say about Charlie Brewer? 
Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, his his reason maybe Baylor is going to really suck this year, he comes, and he saw that coming. So he comes I don't know. To Utah. Everyone talks about how okay the quarterback situation looks like it's going to be solved, and you're sitting there saying, well. Couldn't cut it at uh, Baylor, even though he threw for about what ten thousand yards there, whatever it was. No, I don't. I don't know if this is the case. But what if the coach of Baylor thinks that they've got a young player who's better than Charlie Brewer and got in his ear and said, "Hey, you might want to figure out another place and, to play." Well, next year. and I don't know. I don't know the backstory there, but uh, I think it's just as likely that he had his experience there and decided uh, he was looking for something different in his final year. I can see that. Right, that's why I'm saying you always assume it's that. No, I don't know. Oh, I, just... I heard the weather in Salt no, Lake is great. That's I'm going to give true. it. A, I'm going to give I, it a I, go. I think people have their reasons, and one of them might be that the the opportunity hasn't been the situation hasn't been what they wanted it to be where they were. But I I wouldn't throw everybody into that category. No, but I'm going to say the majority of transfers are going to transfer because they're not playing enough. Mm, I, I think that's a stretch. I, certainly it is. In a I lot don't. Of, in a lot of cases, just not the majority. When you say the majority? It's the majority. It's going to be players that think that they're going to start day one as freshmen, and then when they're told, actually, you need to play your way up the roster, they're going to go, well, that's not what you told my mom a couple months ago. Well, then, okay, it's anecdotal, but I can name you a couple that that may not be the case at all, and I just did, Charlie Brewer and Puka Nakua. Neither of which you know that for sure. Well, neither do you. Right. People got their reasons, Jake. And just because in your mind's eye you have this thing stuck, ah, he's transferring because he couldn't cut it where he was. And that's what you always say because you don't like transfers to begin with. You're, I'm really getting the feeling that you're anti-athlete. I'm anti-athlete. You are. You're anti-athlete. You think that one, none of these guys should get paid for their name, image, or likeness, and you think that none of them should be able to transfer because if they're transferring, they're quitting. I think you were the one talking about living up to agreements. Yeah, but that, look, that's... That's you, what? No, no, that's different. How? Because it's only a one-year deal. No, it's more than no, a one-year No, it's year one deal. year. It's kind of one year now, but it's more than a one-year... No, uh, it's one year! There's only you only have to. They might have changed it to two years, but in the past it's been one year, and that's all you're guaranteed. But you're you're accepting. And a coach can run you off whenever he wants. It's their team. You're accepting an athletic scholarship. Yeah, but that doesn't mean you're just you're signing it in blood. Like okay, okay, if I'm signing this, I have to stay there. To it, you're agreeing you're to be a part one, of their program. One, you're 18 years old. So. Two, you're going to a place where they can kick you out whenever they want. But you're, you, you're but working you're, for you a job have, that you, they can fire you whenever you, you have, want. You have no guarantee past one year. So, so it's not it's not an agreement that they're not living up to. So, you, well, that's what you just said. Players, it, players agree to play for a program, agree to a college scholarship for and one if year, they, and if they want to leave, they have to do certain things. Because that's how the system's designed. Right. And now they're open to go whenever they pretty much if they want. Good for them. Without a problem. Terrific. But and you, I'm telling you, most of them that leave are going to leave because they're not playing enough. That's different. What are, what are we talking okay, about? Wait, wait. We're talking about two different things here. One is an agreement to, uh, you're just compared to a contract where Notre Dame says, you come back here and play twice, we'll come back out to Provo and play once. That's a contract. What they, what uh, le- these letters of intent 
are not. Uh, it's a one-year deal. Are agreeing to come play their college for one football year. program for at one year. A university for one year. It's not for one year. It is. It has to be re-upped every year. Okay. At the college's discretion. So. So they're, they're not, the college. They're providing they're, the opportunity. They're not breaking, but the players who transfer aren't breaking a contract. That's a bad analogy. In a sense, they are. No, they're not. Because they're not signing the five, okay, five, four or five-year deal. That's not the way it works. So the fact that a national letter of intent and a contract are technically different things, that's what you're going with? You just made the comparison between the two, and I'm distinguishing yeah, how yeah. they're different. I'm saying, hey, I agree to come play college football for you until I don't. That's not exactly living up to your uh, what you agree to now, is it? But the key in there, Jake, is you said, I agree to come play college football. Ah, so if you're not playing, then that's technically a breach if it were a contract. If you're not playing, why would you stay? I'm just saying that that's not the only reason people transfer. I never said it was. You, you said, said majority. majority. Yeah. Gordon said that's a stretch. Yeah. I don't care why people transfer. If I'm the coach, then I'm like, you don't want to be here? Fine. Leave. Go play wherever. Don't play here anymore. That's why I think you're anti-athlete, because you're blaming the athlete. That's quite the accusation, anti-athlete. <laughs> okay, in these two cases. Because I, I don't think athletes appreciate uh, the, well, I shouldn't say athletes, because no, I'm not. Some athletes don't appreciate what they're given with a college situation. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think athletes are exploited. I don't think that they're being take advantage, taken advantage a of. A lot of people disagree. Okay, good for them. Right. I'm not trying to have them thrown in jail. <laughs> you disagree with me. We're still friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are. So, what? Just not friendly. I would, I would love it's to have <laughs> some of the boosts in life that athletes enjoy. I would love that. Good stuff. You know that from your kids. Was Reggie Bush exploited? No. Really? Really? Did he get a degree? Not if he didn't, it's his problem. It's his fault. No, he went to the NFL. And he got the the platform to boost him into NFL stardom when he actually in the NFL wasn't that good. And then college took everything away from him that he actually earned. Earned. The Heisman? Yeah, well. Earned. Well, he knew the rules before he broke them. All the wins they had? The national championship? He knew the rules before he broke them. Who made What do you uh, want from me? Who, 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 <laughs> what about who Pete Carroll? Who had the greater advantage, Johnny Manziel or Texas A&M? The greater advantage? What are you talking who about? Who gained the greater advantage? Who cares? Because <laughs> that's, who that's cares? germane it, to what we're talking about here. Be, it has to be even. Johnny Manziel goes this. in. He's a high-profile athlete that is generating millions of dollars for Texas A&M and, and technically, under the rules, isn't getting a penny beyond his scholarship. That is a huge advantage for the institution. Oh, poor Johnny Manziel. What, what is he going to do? What is he going to do? That's your response. With the, with the, the, to the make burden. fun of it. That, That's that your response. Was. I mean, he only got taken in the first round of the NFL playoffs when, again, he wasn't very good. 
Well, he sure made Texas so, A&M a lot of money. Okay, so what? And it wasn't him specifically. It was the team and the fact that they he are. Was, he, Jake, how could you even argue hey, this point? I understand that the athlete does benefit from the situation. But the institutions who are gener- that are being gifted millions and millions and millions of dollars on the backs of these athletes, I mean, you can acknowledge that, and right? What do they do with that money? Turn it right around and pour it into the athletic program. Well, There's nobody getting, like, putting money in their pockets. Yes, they are. The coaches so- make $8 million a year. Uh, let me ask you this. How many, how many fewer tickets today is Texas A&M selling than compared to when Johnny Manziel was there? Well, when Johnny Manziel was winning games for them, that that kept the momentum going forward. How many fewer tickets are they selling today? Well, I don't know because Texas A&M was winning. Zero. When Johnny Manziel zero, was there. Zero is the answer because Texas A&M sells out every game regardless of if they're good, bad, or terrible. That, that, you, ask, you ask, ask, me, that ask BYU that question. When, uh, when, they're not, when that program isn't performing and they have 10 – 15,000 fewer fans in the stands than they do when they're winning. It makes a big difference who, which athletes are there and the, what they achieve on the field. It makes a big difference as far as overall dollars go. If, if, if any program starts losing, Jake, it doesn't take long for the fan base to just wither away. Still doing fine in uh, Texas A&M. But I do. I mean, you, you know, what, what? What? I don't know how the there athletes are, have, have made it all there, this way. There, I'm look, not. I'm not sure. There are. There are a lot of people who agree with you, Jake, and I understand that. But there's a whole lot of people who disagree. So I don't know whether one side's right and one side's wrong. But I know how I feel, having observed the way the athletes work and the, everything they pour into benefit uh, the institution for which they're there. Uh, that goes far beyond their the monetary reward of their education. I don't agree. <laughs> I think I we've mean, established it, that. You <laughs> state that as a fact. I don't think it, it's even close to one, but okay. I, I just don't know how we'll many. I agree with you, Gordon, but then we'd both be right. We'll have a market update coming up next. <laughs> you see the money that's generated by college football. Okay. All right. We we know that we disagree on this. So I'm starting to feel at, like at the this hat point, fields and the coys on And this I'm one. starting to feel at this point it's the song that never ends. It's just we've we've been over this. The market update is next next. Yeah, we'll let you know how uh, how uh, everyone's doing out there financially. We'll let you know how uh, Texas A&M is uh, is trading on the on the Nasdaq today. Jake, you are one or, or one did big scold person. Did Alabama uh, rebound from a loss yesterday? Uh, well, believe the me, they're invested. Mornax, ninety-seven-five and twelve eighty. The zone. Rises and The playoffs may be over for the Utah Jazz, but the season never ends on the Zone Sports Network. From the NBA draft. To free agency and on to the summer league, the zone will be with the Jazz every step of the way as the Jazz front office builds for the future. Your exclusive home of Utah Jazz basketball is right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network.
This is The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson, presented by Big O Tires, with the lowest price on every tire every day, with no credit needed financing options available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for a market update brought to you by our friends at TridayTrading.com. Now anyone can be a day trader. Visit TridayTrading.com. How did those markets do today, Gordon? Whoa, I've got it right here. Hold on one second. I'll tell you. The Dow, Jake, was up 44 points. The NASDAQ was down 30, almost 33 points. And the show has reached a new low. And the S&P up five. Will over skill. <laughs> you know what that is funny about that will over skill thing is that was such an insult to his players <laughs> we talked about that we know none time. of you guys are really any good but no. you try will hard. over skill that's exactly what he said right there it's like okay our guys really suck but you know what they're gonna give it their all so then the next year they changed it to go fast go hard yeah the thing about that is will any, over skill it, anytime you hear a coach <laughs> say something like that then who gets the credit the coaches get the credit because they are the ones who are working with these sluggo athletes who uh, who really aren't that good, but we're coaching them upright, getting them ready to play, and so when they go out and play well, it's not because they're good. It's because we're good. Dr. Bob wasn't a real good recruiter, was he? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know the answer. Well, if that. you're going into living rooms and saying, hey, our motto <laughs> last year was will over skill. Coaches use that reg- negative reinforcement, though, sometimes as a motivating tactic. I don't know what kind of recruiter Dr. Bob was. He must have been all right because he kept he's kept his job for a long time. He can't not recruit and be a college football coach. Oh, yeah, you can. You can make the other guys do the recruiting. See, I, I've always been somewhat um, somewhat mixed on uh, Dr. Bob because on one hand, he's a really smart guy. Um Obviously capable in a lot of ways, but bullheaded. What coach isn't? I, I don't know. You don't think that was uh, on the uh, the more uh, bullheaded side? No. <laughs> What's the purpose of my statement? No, I, I don't think I don't think Doctor Bob is unique in that way. Okay. So you just said that all coaches are bullheaded. Pretty much. <laughs> okay, ready, break. You've interacted with a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably true. In most Magic uh, happens. You know what? I, I, one of the things that bothered me the most about, about, uh, uh, about his uh, coaching was uh, how he made his offense get down in the three-point stance before they come out on the field. Why do you want to know? I, I know, thought that was so weird. But coaches come up with a lot of goofy stuff. <laughs> I haven't seen very many of them do that. No, I, I honestly think. Maybe at the high school level. This is getting sidetracked a little bit. But I honestly think that they, like, you have to come up with so many new ideas on how to motivate young people. Like, one, they can't all be good. And two, you just, you're running out at some point, right? You know, oh, what's a cool way we can show team unity and motivate these guys? Oh, jeez, we tried <laughs> tried this last year. We tried T-shirts the year before. Let's, hey guys, this is what we're gonna do this year. Get down in a three-point stance, and that's how you're gonna run onto the field and be ready to play. That's just, 
If I were a player, I would think that was really dumb. I would think most of this stuff is really dumb. But younger people who are trying to get themselves motivated as well buy into it. We've all seen it. Yeah, that's why a lot of people wonder about how Urban Meyer will do at the NFL level because he's been working with with younger players who uh, put up with a lot of that crap that uh, NFL players want. I mean, somewhere in that locker room for the Fighting Irish, when somebody said, let's get out there and win one for the Gipper, someone in there was like, God, who the hell is the Gipper? I don't you could care. hear their eyes rolling. Yeah, you could be, oh, geez. Well, that's, that's come on. That's, they, they, they'd heard about that a thousand times over. I wonder if people do, people know who George Gipp was now, nowadays. They, no? they know that line. But yeah, you gotta you gotta figure out ways to get your team unified and motivated and all this stuff. And I think some ideas are better than others, but most of it falls into the hokey camp. <laughs> I wonder if athletes, college athletes, are the point now where they're they've already they've heard it all, so they're more along the lines of pro players by the time they get to college, because you know high school coaches might have a tendency to overcook some of that stuff, Jake. Because you're talking about high school. Kids. I think coach and college coaches do too. Yeah, I suppose you're right. I so mean, you get to this, you get to the NFL. We should ask Coach Mac about this because he had uh, uh, all those different motivating ways, and ask him if some worked better than others. I'm sure they, some did. Yeah, uh, some not so much. And you know, wouldn't you hate to be on a team where the coach is coming up with all these bromides, and you're just sitting there rolling your eyes time after time? Like, come on, how, how hokey is this? But some people like that stuff. This is this is where I need to be self-aware when talking about this sort of thing because I roll my eyes. But there are people that, that, that buy into stuff, you know, like have the daily motivational calendars and those sorts of things. And it, it does good for for them. So I have to be careful on these topics because my worldview is not the only one. I, I, I may be right. The older you get, you look at it and you just go, oh, come on. Yeah. Come on. But, it's, but these youngsters, they, they they buy into it. Yeah, you walk by cubicles anywhere, though, and you'll, you'll see the pictures with the motivational things on them, you know, yeah. like the, the don't give up where the fish is being eaten by the <laughs> stork pelican or whatever it is. And you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. It's a frog. Yeah. Is it a frog? Yeah. Yeah. Frog is getting eaten by the, the <laughs> crane. And he just says, never give up. Yeah, yeah. right. You know, like it, some people, it, it helps. So I... I shouldn't be so judgy. But, yeah, I, I roll my eyes. Well, it is a stuff. motivational-type situation with football. You have to will over skill. You yeah, know? you have you, to be motivated to go out there and play hard. And yeah. if you're not, then it's the type of game where you're not going to win. I mean, if your yeah. guys aren't on the same page and motivated and playing hard, you're going to lose. And so you have to figure out the way to get them all on the same page, motivated and playing hard. And some things some things are a little, are a little campy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Eric Walden, coming up next. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.